What's up, everybody? You're on another edition live from Koreatown of the Ozone. I am your host, Omar Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Omar Miller, on Instagram at Omar Benson Miller. And here's my brother, Terry. The icons. Icons at Twitter and at Instagram. But go ahead by and the say way, it for me. By yeah. the way, he's at Twitter. I think Terry owns Twitter. That's why he's at Twitter, actually. <laughs> I'm got, at Twitter right now. You just can't. <laughs> you invented the hologram yes, machine? Yes, I did. That's pretty impressive. Holograms. I enjoyed it at the Coachella when you put on Tupac. So <laughs> we also have some very special guests very that, that we had a great time with. Thank you for sitting in on our podcast. From The Dirty Sports, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Andy and Joe. Introduce yourself, yeah. fellas. Good to be here. Yeah, we just crushed it for about 90 minutes. You guys know your stuff, man, which is great because we talked about a lot of people don't a lot of people don't know sports. They claim they know sports, but they don't know sports. Yeah. So back to back podcasts. Uh, you guys just did dirty sports and now we're in the ozone. Or are we at the, are we at the ozone, Terry? We're at the ozone. You're at the ozone. You want to get in it, but we're at it, dude. Come on. Here we go. Well, let's get straight let's do it. in it. And we're going to get straight in it. We're going to start off with the NBA. First and foremost, let's talk about what's going on. Uh, you know what I want to do? I want to start first with the Eastern Conference Finals because I feel like there's less to be said because, frankly, the series to me is less interesting. Uh, and we, it's over. <laughs> it ended already? Yeah. They just don't know. Toronto doesn't know. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think Toronto does know. This, this is the problem that I have with them is that they came out the first two games. We'll do a quick recap of the series. Game four is tonight. Toronto actually bounced back in Game Three and showed a little heart, which I think is a, is a testament to the coach in a lot of ways. I think that I think they they he talked to them and he got their minds right. Game One, total laugher. Game Two, so bad that their greatest player had to leave the the court. He was so mentally demoralized that he left the court to decompress. How do you leave the court? I can't even leave the court to decompress in a game at the rec center. They have a decompression chamber for him, I guess. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, you, yeah. Why didn't he tell everybody? I don't know. Everybody could go jump know, into dude. it. And and I thought the series was over there. Honest, I thought they were going to get swept. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was a swept, not even going to be close. And, and I agree, they bounced back. But you, that's it. That was their game. That was their gimme game. I think LeBron so. is going to come out tonight. He's not going to mess around. I I, I call myself on our podcast. Nostradamus because I like to pre- I like to I like to predict things. I said at the start of the series, I think they get just destroyed in the first two. They get their we are the North one game back home. We're in yeah. Canada. They get one and that's it. The, the Cavs win the next two. I said Cavs in five. I thought they'd lose game three just because you know they're going to get their one. Where are they going to get? They're going to get that one game back home, and I think it's over. Yeah, I think you're right. It, you know they say it can't be any closer than two one. But I don't think it's close. Right. I and think they're done. It's hard to win three games in a row. Any sport, dude. Any Absolutely. sport. Any sport. I, I have a theory about that, actually, because I like to sports gamble. And it is hard. You know, we have a, you have streaks that happen. But really, when you're playing the same team, it's difficult to sweep in any sport, which is what's made the Cavs run so far this playoffs. They won 10 in a row. So impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's really – it's been kind of crazy because I watch the games – I don't think that the Cavs have fallen in love with the three-pointer, which I like. I see guys getting to the rack, and I tell you what I see, two things that I see. I see guys taking their game very personally. You can see there's a chip on these guys' shoulder. They feel like, man, 
But you know what? If we, if you, if, if Katie would have been there last week, y'all wouldn't have beat us. And it, you can see that they feel that way. It's almost like they want to play the Warriors to show everybody. Look, when we're at full steam, right. Nobody's better than right. us. But they looked so bad earlier in the season when they played against the oh, Warriors. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I was like to the point where <laughs> like, I was ready. They can't beat them. <laughs> I, I didn't even think they could beat them in right. any incarnation of it. And, that, and that's a testament to Tyron Lue. Right. I think that what we're getting at now is is we're now it's getting tight. And we're really, really into coaching. And another thing, the second thing that I was saying that I see, other than these guys on the cast playing with a chip on their shoulder, the thing that I see is this is a group of guys having fun. Absolutely. And Toronto doesn't look like they're having fun. That, well, there's nothing fun about being in Toronto. <laughs> How many times can you listen to the new Drake album? Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get through it once. Yeah. <laughs> They play it on repeat in the arena. It's you like, know how he's sitting on top? <laughs> they want to sit on top of a building and jump off after right. they hear that album. That's what they're, that's why he's sitting on top. I need Pray a decompression no. chamber for the views. <laughs> Damn. But I think LeBron James is playing with Chip on his shoulder after the MVP thing. And a lot of people have been saying about LeBron James. You know, I, I heard this in the MVP talk. It's like, does the real MVP get his coach fired? Well, maybe if he gets a better coach, he does. Like, <laughs> suddenly they're a lot better than they were under Blatt. I'm not saying David Blatt's a bad coach. Maybe LeBron. LeBron James is the Cavaliers, and the Cavaliers are LeBron James. He's got the guy he likes, and they're going to be better. We were having a conversation with one of our brothers, and he was actually saying, so what if he did get the coach yeah, fired? Exactly. At this point in his career, has LeBron James, who has been to the finals for the past six years, not earned the right to say, listen, I need to know who coaches me. And and if you listen to the rumor mill, one thing that supposedly turned the season around is after Tyron Lue became the coach, LeBron James came in in a clutch situation and they were running a huddle and LeBron started talking and Tyron Lue said, hey, man, shut up. I got this. And perhaps in his wisdom, That's what he needed, right? Tyron, uh, uh, in his wisdom, LeBron James actually said, "You know what? We need more structure. I don't need to, to go Pete Rose on it and Tree Rollins and be player coach. I actually just need to be the player, and I need some help. And it seems like it's made a big difference. Another big difference I see is he took that two weeks off in the season." That which is actually how you decompress, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is the smartest thing in the world for him. If you look at LeBron James's numbers as far as his body goes, you're talking about an extra two and a half NBA seasons in playoff games. And he's the guy. He plays in the Olympics. He plays in the summer. Right. There's all these these guys who would just go, well, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this. LeBron James has been playing basketball for thousands of minutes a season since he was in high school. And it's going to wear you down. And the, uh, honestly, the fact that it hasn't worn him down more is a, a, it's testament, a, a testament to, to his condition. Right. Yeah. I agree. And uh, genetic superiority. Look at Shaq with the late. Shaq used to take entire seasons off and be like, we'll be, who cares? <laughs> who cares with a six seed? I'm healthy. I'm going to get 40 and 20. I, I'm, yeah. I got 40 and 24. Yeah. You can't stop me. They, 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 no matter what our seeding is, they still can't stop me. Yeah. So good for LeBron James for, you know, you know, knowing t- his body. Yeah. Saying, you know what? It's not about having the best record in the East of all time. And it's not about me leading the league in this and doing that. Let's, let me get my rest. Let's get a ring. And I, he's trying to do it for the land. They look great. I mean, they look great. They're playing as a team, man. They're jailed. Even And we're talking about how great they look after a loss. And that, that, this was the first time that I've seen a mental lapse for the Cavs in the playoffs this year. What do you think, Andy? I see you look like you want to jump in. Get well, double dutch. Get well, you some. When, when we talk about mental lapses, we always have to go to Andy Rupert. <laughs> 
our, our mental lapse expert. You know, Andy, you know, are you awake? We don't have to bring this on the ozone today, Joe. Keep it for dirty sports. I have been watching LeBron since, you know, being from Ohio, and I always bring this up. I got to see him play as a freshman. He played before my team in the state finals. Oh, wow. So literally, I remember seeing this specimen at 14, 15 years old. I mean, he he is so good. And I think you made a great point, Omar, about they're having fun now. You can see in their eyes. Fun. And even that game they lost, when I'm watching that game, I kept thinking, they're missing a lot of open shots. Like Love and Kyrie had an awful start. I think it was like they started out like 3 of 15. They were missing a lot of awful shots. They could have very easily won game three, I felt. Even yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And I also, and, and I don't mean this in a bad way, I kind of felt like LeBron was holding back to a certain degree. Like, he seems so comfortable with, he seems so smart now, basketball IQ-wise now, of knowing when to fully exert himself and knowing how to rest within the game. Well, now, do you think that that's him trying not to take over so much so that the team won't just sit around and watch him I again? think so. Falling lasting back into the good old days where you watch the LeBron show instead of being a part of it? I think so, and I think he also allows the team, while still being there, to work out of their problems collectively. Right. And, and then this time it didn't work out. They didn't figure out how to get Kevin Love properly involved. Nobody wanted to box out uh, Biombo. Um, and I also think that Kyrie just had an off night, which happens. It just, you know, well, it is what it is. And then look at Toronto. They had to do so much just to win a game. That's just yeah. a lot of energy to exert just trying to win one game. I mean, come on, dude. Now tell me this. What, what's the collective view on why Timothy Mozgov doesn't get to play anymore? I just don't think he fits anymore. Yeah, I don't think he fits into the equation. I mean, you got you got Tristan Thompson coming in, banging, getting the rebounds. You know, where's like what's what's Moskov going to bring to the table? And especially when they bring in you know the guys off the bench, Fry, Channing Fry is mm-hmm. balling. Fry has been such a great pickup for them. Oh yeah. my goodness! And, he, and you know what? And I, I'll go on on record and saying. I actually, when they picked him up, I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> because I, I remember Channing Fry being a monster in college. I can't remember where he went to school. Arizona. Was Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a monster. But I remember when he got to the league being like, oh, he's in, he got his money and now he's chilling. And he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Like he, There's an attitude that you see with them that I really, really appreciate. Yeah, Channing Fry is a guy who... Because the way the NBA has changed, and we talked about this at length on the Dirty Sports, the way all these guys shoot threes now, he came into the league, he's a power forward, he's tall, but he's a little bit soft, but he has a nice outside jumper, and it's like, oh, but he can't bang around. And now three years later, it's like, if you're 6'8 and you can hit a three, you have a place on the right. court with LeBron James. He's in style now. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, uh, a place for you. You're right. Mm-hmm. It, you know, he finds those guys and he gets them. LeBron is better than anybody, in my opinion, in the league of getting guys great looks because everybody's focused on LeBron James. Right. And he's like, well, now you're open. And I think this is why they're, they're successful now because – you used to be able to focus on him, but now yeah. Kevin Love is feeling comfortable in his own skin, so he can go out there and dominate. He's banging the boards. He's hitting, you know, what was he like? He had almost eight rebounds in the first quarter of the other game. Yeah, so, this, so much of it is yeah. confidence. Yeah. You and know. now the thing that I want to talk about, though, is one thing I love about watching the games is when Jeff Van Gundy announces the games. Because I feel like Jeff Van Gundy keeps it 100, yeah. and that's why Brutally he honest. doesn't have a job in the NBA <laughs> other than just announcing, in my right? opinion. Because honestly— he talks about it. He's like, man, if they called the fouls properly, accordingly, Shaquille O'Neal would still be shooting in a gym somewhere. <laughs> and it's the truth. Yeah. I wanted to cover a topic. And the topic that I want to cover is is how they've been brutalizing certain players in the playoffs. On the Western front, it's Steven Adams. 
Uh, and on the Eastern Conference, it is no doubt LeBron James. I'm all for physical play. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, you know, the way that the game was played uh, in, in the 90s before this softer version of the NBA showed up, the jump shooting version. But I'm seeing plays where they're coming out with the intent of hurting LeBron James. You got guys pulling at him full speed, pulling him down. Obviously, everybody wants to talk about the flop, you know, but I think that what happens is, is that he has to overemphasize what they're doing to him for him to even get the respect of what they're doing to him. Right, and a lot of it's premeditated because you're talking yes. about guys coming out in the media and saying, well, we're going to have to get a little bit more physical and do this or do that to him. Where is it okay to ruin somebody's career? Exactly. I, I'm, I'm also, being a Knicks fan and growing up in the 90s, obviously I'm a fan of that physical style of play, but you get, I, I know why the NBA did what they did. Let's not get all our stars hurt, but, you know, smashing each other around. Yeah, yeah, you can Let's that. keep everybody on the court. Also, by definition, contact while you're shooting is a foul. So they're kind of going letter of the law to keep the stars healthy. But then it's got to be across the board. That's Steph, what I was going to say. A foul for is, Steph is Curry. Not, exactly. It has to be a foul for LeBron James because he, no matter what anybody says, is the biggest star in the NBA. I don't yeah. care what anybody yeah. says. And he should be treated like we used to talk about. Jordan had his own set of foul Jordan rules. rules. The Jordan rules. The Jordan Magic rules. said, don't get too close to Jordan in the dream team picture because that's a foul, you know? Which was true. Yeah, but LeBron James, he, he has to flop to... To get to, normal calls. To even look like what happens if you bump Steph Curry. Yeah, Steph Curry. they do that. Exactly. They say, oh, LeBron's yeah. crying. He's crying. Right. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, you just grabbed this guy going full speed by his shoulders. He still hit the shot. Still and hit the, the shot. And the thing is, when he does get fouled sometimes... He is just so strong and powerful. It doesn't look as brutal as it is. Exactly. If it was a little, you know, small guy like me, I'd be unconscious. Like, I mean, yeah. it's this is what happens. Yeah. You got huge guys going at him. Biombo is a specimen himself. Right. Yeah. And we got a caller who wants to talk about that. Who do you have? DC Sly. Welcome back hey, to the hey. Ozone. Hey, what's going on? DC Sly, we 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 have a couple guests here from another podcast called Dirty Sports, and they know what the hell they're talking about. We're, we're knee-deep uh -huh. in a conversation about your specialty, which is Midwest basketball. Even though his name is DC Sly, DC Sly is actually from? Indiana. That's there you go. And uh, and he actually gave us a great prediction at the beginning of the playoffs about the Pacers being able to take it to the limit with uh, with Toronto. Uh, even though he thought they were going to come through in that game seven, which I actually thought they were going to come through too. I just, I just don't believe in Toronto. But, but we're talking about this Eastern Conference uh, uh, matchup right now, and one of the things that we're on is we're talking about this different set of rules that applies to guys based on their physicality, based on their biology. So like Steph Curry and smaller guys get different calls than, say, a LeBron James. I personally feel like it's been clear that they're trying to hurt LeBron James at this point in that series. What do you think about that? Well, it's been a given throughout throughout the league uh, for years, man. That's just how it goes. You know, you look at Shaq. You know, you get pummeled. The big guys get pummeled, and uh, the the smaller guys they they you know little little contact. You know, you get the whistle. So I mean, I see you know we see what's going on. It's that's just how it is. I think overall the league wants to promote that skillful up-and-down play and the excitement, and if you got a little too much contact on those guys, they can't really do what they need to do. Because, I mean, that's part of the reason they took away the hand check a little back in the day. And so now, with that being in mind, how do you think it plays out to fair for the future of the big man? 
because I personally feel like the big man is super relevant. Uh, Larry Bird came out with a quote saying that he thought there was going to be a, I'm paraphrasing here, but that this, that the small man at one point didn't even have a place in the league. And you're talking about a guy who's six, nine himself, by the way, for bird. Um, and now you look at the game, they do promote that up and down. They do promote touch fouls. But if you get pounded, for some reason, it's it's not the same. What do you think the big man's influence has been thus far on this playoffs? It's, it's spotty. It's spotty here and there. You know, they make a, they make an influence. I mean, you got uh, Bismack, you know, he was doing this thing. You, you know, you see guys out there getting the boards and, and blocking some shots. But I think the big man has had to evolve and and be more athletic and be able to get up and down the court um, and, and run with those guys and and then they get to stay on the court a little bit longer. You know, I, I think uh, I think the league sees that that post up back to the basket play is kind of slowing things down. So I think that kind of uh, doesn't get promoted as much. I guess like I said. Yeah, and I and and, and the problem I have with that is. I mean, it's it's just a matter of ideology on how what kind of game you like to watch. Uh, and mm-hmm. I actually like to watch the big man game with the back to the basket. And you see it being super effective with even like with LeBron. LeBron obviously is completely unstoppable in transition. But you see him take smaller guys and go back to the basket and there's no answer for him there because ultimately yeah. the goal of the game, as it was taught to me, is to shoot the ball as close to the rim as possible. Now that doesn't seem to be the goal. It seems like the big man has this, has been kind of like vanquished to the idea that you run around and you run sprints and go chase the ball so then pass it back to the little guy as quickly as you can so he can throw up another jumper. Yeah, he's a compliment to the to He's the, a compliment yeah. as opposed to being the the A side if right. you will. See, I think we're going to see an evolution in basketball the way we always have. I mean, look at you know, back in the 70s and the early 80s, it was like, oh, transition, let's transition. And then suddenly you had Magic Johnson, who's 6'9", running Showtime fast breaks. And it's right. like, whoa. And then you had these big, you know, LeBron James is essentially uh, a, a point guard at times. And then it was the Michael Jordan and the Kobe's and like, a we just need a guy who can score the basketball. And then right. you get Kevin Durant, who's 6'11", who's basically a scoring guard at 6'11". I think the next iteration is going to be the big man who can run the floor and shoot the three like these little guys. As a Knicks fan, I'm like, look at Perzingis. He's already yeah, got right. a little bit yeah, of a three-point right. yeah, 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 So yeah. it's the next iteration, this same game that we're watching, but with the big physical athletes who always seem to find a place in the league. And the issue there is, right. is then how are they going to officiate the game? Because the bigger the guys get, automatically the more physical the game gets. And, I mean, I'm talking about – I want to talk about bad officiating in general uh, – I've been watching the games. I've seen fouls. I can think of the game yesterday. They called a foul on Andrew Bogut on a jumper at the free throw line where literally he swiped at the ball and was a good eight inches away from the ball. Right. Or the hand. Right. And they called a foul. <laughs> and and this is a this is this is I think this goes along with their idea of they want to promote the up and down play. It's almost like a, a preventative drone strike. Because what they want to do is they want to call fouls on people, whether or not they're actually fouling them, to deter you from even – don't even think about getting close to the shooter. <laughs> well, you look at, look at how the NBA – we just talked about it. Look at how the NBA has changed the style of play in 30 years. So much has changed in the last 30 years in the NBA. We've gone this way. We've gone that way. The pendulum swings back and forth. One thing has remained the same, though. The exact same guys are refing it. <laughs> 
And you know what's even worse than that is that they're referring to Steve Jobby. Oh I'm mean, like, Steve Jobby, he's like one of the biggest coaches yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. Steve Jobby was a bum. Yeah. I watched his whole career and he was yeah. a bum. He was and one of the worst wrestlers of all and, time. You're gonna dude. refer to him as the expert? Are you yeah. kidding? You might as well come check on the Ozone podcast. <laughs> yeah, Joe mentioned this on our show last week, and I agree. They need to just get younger refs. They got these exactly. old guys. Yes. Running up and down, well. exactly. Yeah. yeah, get people who are younger, in shape, more familiar with how the game's how the played game's now. Right now. Why would they do that? Did we get it right? Yeah. <laughs> well, but see, but this is ultimately, you know, that that speaks to a deeper conversation about the potential conspiracy, if you will, of the guiding of the game that the NBA actually is involved with. I think just like DC Sly has, has offered, they want to promote a certain style of play. I don't know if you can go as far as to go all out and call it being rigged. But they want to promote a certain style of play, and the players better fall in line or you're going to be on the bench. They right. always talk about uh, the NBA, and David Stern was the, the king of this. It, we want it to be a global game. We, right? And, and, and that, that, that goes to something you were talking about, which is with the idea that this is an American game and America has some of the best athletes in the world, the more globalization of the game opens itself up to a different set of rules. Exactly. Like the, the international Stop rules of, of shot blocking and yeah. you know the, the Euro step and all that. I mean, Yao Ming was a big uh, Chinese player, but on average, most of the Chinese players uh, Population. Trillions of people are, are going to be outside shooting small guard types than banging right. around in the exactly. post. So. And the funny thing about that is of those trillions of people, at least one trillion of those people were sired by Stephen Adams' father. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a uber fact right there. But you know what? You, you bring up a good point. It is about marketability because yes. a, a guy like me, like we were saying earlier, I, I, can, I can look at Steph Curry and go, Oh, you know, I'm a five nine little white guy here from Cincinnati. Maybe if I practice enough threes, maybe I work. Yes, you know, maybe I can I can get a spot in college. But I mean, that's you know, it's a lot. <laughs> Thirty four, not likely. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> not right now. But you know what I'm saying? I know what what saying. is this? The where, rookie? Where is you he? Know, never, he never thrown with his clock hadn't started yet. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> he never, his eligibility is still good. <laughs> he, he's on missionary work. <laughs> But it's a lot easier, you know. It's a lot easier than the guy who's seven foot. That's all I'm trying to say. No, and you're right. And I agree with you fully is that, you know, there's a marketability there. At DC Sly, we're not going to take up your whole day because we're going to be sitting up here cutting up for a while. Lay it out for me. What do you think happens from this point forward in the Western Conference? And give me a prediction for what you think, how it plays out in the finals. Man, I mean, it's, it's, up, in the, it's up in the air. I still think Cleveland uh, got the skills to pay the bills. I, I don't like their. They're, I don't know. It's almost like a lack of effort. They're kind of lacking that certain uh, that je ne sais quoi, I guess. And sometimes, um, but I mean, I, they've I, only I lost one they'll, game. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think they'll. I think they'll. I think they'll go ahead and close out Toronto. But it's just something about them. I, you know, on paper I like them, but then when I watch them, sometimes it's kind of like, uh, but um, but yeah, I'll, I'll look for them to close out Toronto um, and take it to the championship. I don't. I don't think they're going to win. I think the winner's going to come out of the West. So. Wow. Uh, and then uh, in the West, I think Golden State should be a little bit worried about how Oklahoma beat them last game. Hey, and you're talking that, about that, the, the style that they beat them, right? Not the, not just with the, the numbers, yeah. but the actual – what, what they used to beat them. Yeah, if you look at the stats, the takeaway on the stats on that is like – I don't have them in front of me, but uh, Oklahoma out-rebounded them. They had a lot more block shots than them, and they got to the free throw a lot more. 
And, uh, and that, to me, symbolizes that a team is more aggressive. They're probably dominating the interior. And, uh, you know, that, when you get beaten those stats, those are kind of like those, those concrete stats. They always Yeah, stick. those numbers don't yeah. lie. Yeah. That's a yeah. good point. And yeah. that's, it's just funny. That's yeah. what we were talking about earlier. I feel like this is the first time where you've seen a team actually look better than the Warriors. Like, not just like, oh, they look better in this game or in this quarter. They look like a better team than the Warriors at this point. Yeah, they've got they've got the dynamic that can give the Warriors a problem. That's um, what it is. I think, it's a matchup yeah, issue think, for them. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you got Adams in there. You know, it's Bogut. You know, he's seven foot, but he's not going to stay on the court that long. And you know, he's, he's a little bit slower. And I just think that uh, you look at their starting lineup. Even though Durant, like you said earlier, is, is a scoring guard type, but they're starting six what six ten, six ten, and seven foot. Out there, that's a problem. You know, and then yeah. you look at the Warriors. Yeah, he had a few yeah, blocks last night. Durant himself, yeah. I think he had two, two, yeah. three blocks. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, the Warriors guy with uh, what's what's Green six seven? I mean, it's you know, maybe he's a great player. And they're, they're listing him six seven, so I'd like to meet him because I bet you he's like six five, six six. Yeah. Because right. Festus Azili listed at seven feet, right? He's a seven footer. He's supposed to be a seven footer, but he's not seven feet tall. No, no. Well, DC Sly, we appreciate you. Thanks for calling in. You're always a friend of the Ozone. Uh, we're All gonna right. we're gonna come back to you and see when this whole thing plays out and see what uh, what predictions you had that came to fruition and which ones didn't. All right. All right, Sly. All right. All right. Take it easy. Late. You know, it's an it's a just an interesting it's an interesting dynamic that's going on in the West. Because to transition into the to the Western Conference Finals, um, it's very interesting. I have to say, I thought that the Golden State Warriors had caught another break, like they did last year, by having to play Golden uh, Oklahoma as a, as opposed to the Spurs. And I actually got into it with a guy on on Twitter about, it, and he was right. And it's the fact that realistically, if OKC is playing like this, they were the better team than the Spurs at this particular point, right? And this is causing some serious matchup problems for the Warriors. I was watching the games, watching the games with my mom, and she loves the Warriors, just like every woman you know loves the Warriors, by the way. Every They're so girl. Cute. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a little puppy. I want to take Steph Curry home in my purse. <laughs> and then she can ring Riley through. And uh, I was like, oh my God, can we talk about the game? And so so when you when you look at it from that perspective, I see I was telling her. That one thing about the Warriors is that they always, over the past year and a half, have looked poised. They didn't look poised yesterday. They didn't look poised in the game. They didn't look poised on the bench after, you know, like when they were getting blown out and they had to sit there being blown out. And I want to talk about the surprisingly vanishing MVP. Yeah, Steph Curry in these two. I would like to look up the numbers, but I'm too lazy to do so. In the in the in the two losses has given me a lot of Eric Karros. And and lot, when I say a lot of, of Eric Karros, <laughs> I think my man <laughs> Brano will understand what I mean in the sense that he gives you a lot of meaningless bombs, a lot of meaningless right. numbers that, that haven't had an impact on the game. At Maybe the, he ends up with 25 or 28 or whatever it is, but I don't feel like that's like, you know, it, it hasn't had that feel where you're like, oh my God, did you just don't Curry? Right, where he imposes will on the game. Exactly. Right. And what, do you think this is his elbow? Do you think this no, is why LeBron was he, saying he went 90, 50, 40? <laughs> what, what do you know? Is it led the league? What do you <laughs> think that it really is he's not really a complete player like that you know he what is he six two lebron six eight six three yeah and he's got he's a complete player steph curry does not play defense 
And once you well, have they a guy, swear he's all world. I know they do. You, you know, I know you, they do. But if you talk about a guy like Russell Westbrook who attacks him nonstop, makes him play on both sides of the ball, he's not the player that he was before. Speak on it, brother. I believe that this is a big component of what's going on with Steph. Me personally, and that component is is the forcing of him to play both sides of the court. It's hard to have legs, no matter what kind of condition you're in, to be an offensive and defensive threat. Westbrook is at your neck. He is so quick. I mean, just why people don't, I don't think people realize how. I agree. Right. You, need to, you need to see him play live. Right. A, a couple of years ago, I went and I watched him uh, uh, play and, and destroy the Clippers. And at that point, I came to the realization, especially now watching it too, I think he may be the most explosive player the game has yeah. ever seen. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like he is—he gets a step. When he he's to the, the rack. rack. When he's to the rack, man. It's get out of the way. Get out of the way. I yeah. also think something that's affecting Steph, and I saw this in one play yesterday. There was one play where there was a loose ball situation, and he he kind of corralled it, and then he starts dribbling toward the free throw line, and there's a bunch of thunder back, and Clay comes up behind him, and Clay's standing at the three point line, and Steph forces this like one handed runner thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. And I said to myself, you know, Steph kind of came out of nowhere, and he didn't come out of nowhere. He's obviously been playing great for a few years, but he wins the MVP last year. They win the championship. He has a great regular season this year, but suddenly now it's. The two-time MVP Steph Curry, to me, it was like that was him forcing a play because he's the MVP when he is the MVP because of the way he shares the ball and the way he gets his own shot in rhythm and the way he does, does all this stuff. I think the pressure is suddenly on Steph Curry. I, to I be think the it's man. on him Definitely. and I think it's on Steve Kerr. Yeah, I think we have to see because uh, as our friend of the Ozone Laker Quick pointed out, Luke Walden's record was better than Steve Kerr's this year. Yeah, it's true. And and I think that now we have to see the seven-time NBA champion come up with some stuff that is going to to change the game because what I think OKC is growing inside of them is a belief that, you know what? We can win. <laughs> we can win. And the way that they've been winning, the way they won 73 games is not how they're going to beat us. No. They, they, that's not what's going to beat OKC. They're going to have to come up with something different, which is what you see now. Talk to speak on this because I know that you just really rubbed you the wrong way. You had to call me during the game. Is the nut shot that uh, uh, that 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 Draymond Green delivered to Stephen Adams? Yeah, that nut bush city yeah. limits. <laughs> he in house out house. <laughs> the nut bush city limits. Yeah, and it's there. ridiculous though because now Draymond Green comes out after the game and makes it seem like it was an accident or you know I just accidentally you know was finishing my shot and. Uh, dude, come on, man. You kicked the dude in his balls. You know what it was? You know the end scene of Karate Kid when he does the, the kick? That's basically what he did to his nuts. Daniel's son. He went Daniel's son. Except it's Draymond's son. You know, we were talking We were talking on our show how you guys used to play video games together, yeah. right? As kids. I would always play video games with my brother. And the, the, the second I knew I had him and it was over was him when he would reach over and, like, try to smash my controller out of my hand. <laughs> when you're going... Man, just play the game, but you're trying to get you're so out of your element. You're so right, yes, I'm so right. in your head that you're doing something so you're reaching over and trying to smash my controller and during a game doing. of Madden. It's like, I got you. Yeah, but guess what? 
the way to beat the Warriors is not stopping Steph Curry. Is Draymond Green? I agree. Yeah, Draymond yeah, Green agree. is the heart and soul I of that agree team. Fully. And now you put the big man on him, and you've taken him out of his element. Yep. And now he's not the same player anymore. Right. And nor is that team. And they are in really there's serious serious trouble coming, dude. And I'm telling you what else that they've done uh, because I actually hit on game one that they won, and they were like. Plus three seventy five or something crazy like there that. Go, there I, go. <laughs> I, I believed that they were going to win that game, yeah. even when they came out and were getting blown out in the first half. And one of the things that they do, uh, which is which is extremely effective, I've seen pretty much on every level. They run a man switch defense, so it's almost like they're playing a man zone. And what ends up happening is is they have enough athletic guys so that anybody can guard the perimeter, even if that means Adams has to come out right. and guard the perimeter. And what that does, I saw the Warriors all year hit open shots. But now those shots that and, – and listen, Klay Thompson, uh, uh, Steph – even Draymond Green, even Mo Spates, right? These guys are lights out. If you give them, Harrison you know, if, Barnes, Harrison, yeah, Barnes, yeah. yeah. If they, if they, if they see the basket, it's lights out. But now you're talking about shooting contested shots, and I haven't seen the basketball IQ of the Warriors kick in to say it's better for me to kick this or to drive as opposed to taking this contested shot because you're seeing Con- Conley. Con, what, what's a? Why is, I'm blanking on my man's name. The other center for for OKC. Cantor. Cantor. Oh, yeah. Cantor. You're, you're seeing you're seeing Cantor, Adams, and Ibaka out there actually rebounding. Right. Just like DC Sly was saying, you're talking about going six ten, six eleven, seven foot. Those guys are actually getting those boards. I've watched the 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 Warriors all season take bad shots. And then and get not paying for them. And not paying the tab. Yeah. Yeah. You they pay. did not pay the tab. And it seems like OKC has said, you know what? If we box out, we actually can come down and score. Well, I said this from the beginning of the series, too. When you have Durant and you have Westbrook, two guys that can, I mean, lose their minds. If, yeah. If, yeah. if one of those guys comes out and just has their all-time game, they're, you're not beating them. No. And yes. so at, right. the longer that they can go and make it a shorter and a shorter series— the, the better chance they have. If this goes to game seven, it's anybody's. You can't say the, I, I agree. the Warriors I win. agree. Well, let me ask you this, though. Now, Draymond Green, he might be up for suspension. What do you think the NBA is going to do? They've set a precedent. Yeah, they've set a precedent. But also, do you think that will be any funny play as far as getting a guy like Steven, Steven Adams out of the game? Oh, you know they're going to get yeah. Let me tell you, they yeah. want this. Se- they they, the they NBA need seven games out of this. Milk it. seven games <laughs> out of this. Yeah. <laughs> because it's turning into be a, a better series than everybody thought it was going to be. They need, they have they have five now, but I think you could say they're going to go at least six. I, I'd be amazed if the Warriors didn't grab one more. Um, but I wouldn't, though, actually, because this is, this is punching the bully in the mouth. Right. Now, we need to see if if Mike Tyson can get off the mat, right? And and this is what we're trying to see. But I think that you can you can count on some suspect officiating, especially to get the bigs out for OKC. Yeah, because the NBA is going to be like, oh well, you got Draymond Green out here. Let's even it up. Let's get Stephen Adams out of here. Well, I think Steve Kerr is going to learn a lesson from his old coach Phil Jackson, and he's going to take that last guy off the bench over there and start running him into some people, and you know, cause, <laughs> uh, suddenly some guy who never plays any minutes is going to be in Stephen Adams' face the way suddenly JoJo English was playing in the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals and punching Derek Harper in the face. I remember right? that. Four minutes a game, and suddenly he's tackling him into David Stern in the front row. Yeah, what yeah. about that? Them trying to hurt everybody. This yeah, yeah it's, cool. it's, it's, it's interesting because we covered how they're trying to hurt LeBron, and I think that's pretty obvious. I feel like they're trying to hurt Steven Adams, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Uh, because there was a play that 
nobody's really talking about. They ran it back a few times. Mm-hmm. But there was a play where Festus Azili literally took a, a, a carriage ride on the back of Steven Adams right. and, and brought him to the ground, brought the seven-footer to the ground, and then jumped on his back. And it, and it caused him to, it was like they were in the romper room Yee-haw! or something like that. That's what it was. Right, cowboy. Get him, boy. Get him. And it was, it was really, you know, interesting because with the way that they hand out flagrants now in the NBA. Come on, dude. Nobody gets a flagrant when if you foul the guy that weighs more than 260 pounds. And they review every play. Oh, it's so it takes obnoxious. so long. They review every play. But you know what? I lo- I'm really growing to like Steven Adams. Me I too. Mean, I mean, he grew is up. Is this because he called them monkeys? Is that why you're growing to like <laughs> The truth is out. Okay, well. Andy's that, a racist. That's exactly why I am a racist. The first ever racist on the Ozone podcast. I will take that to my grave. Other than its hosts. <laughs> What I what I like is I don't think he's getting faced. No, I mean no, me, he's not. He's not me, like such he, a nice guy. He, right? he yeah. does. He does. He's and a just nice like, racist and, and just d- like a dumb guy where like he doesn't even know to be offended. Like oh dude, you hurt my back. <laughs> yeah, All right. Are you he okay? Kick me in the nuts, man. <laughs> kick me right in the nuts. My brothers growing up used to grab my balls before dinner. I'm used to it. And what's amazing is is I saw some stat that I just plain and simply don't believe. Well, they say that Stephen Adams is only 22 years old. <laughs> Did you see the picture that they showed yesterday with him yeah. without the, the, the gruff? No. Oh, yeah, Does he man. look young? Baby face. You uh, wouldn't even tell he's the same guy. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Really? It looks like, it literally looks like he hibernated for, <laughs> for a winter and then came right? out right with the hair. And came out with the Cro-Magnus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It looked like he grew a fake mustache to like get into a bar. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, I'm going to get put on this mustache. Maybe that <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, as of right now, this version of him that we see looks like he could have his own eight kids and be someone's uncle. Right. Yeah. He, he definitely looks eligible to be, uh, you know, he looks like he could be in the movie about Moby Dick. He really <laughs> looks like he could. He looks like he could be one of those like, fishermen. That's like, like Captain yeah. Ahab. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll just say this. He's going to be a wildling yeah. on Game of Thrones. You know? <laughs> Keep him away. If him and Gronk are ever in the same room together, him and Rob Gronkowski, if you put that much Cro-Magnon in a room together, I don't know what could happen. The world might explode. It's going to be a bro fest. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever the New Zealand version of bro fest is. You know what else is happening as a bro fest? What? What we have this month coming from the 5-4 Club. Guys, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I take my fashion seriously, as you can see by what I'm wearing today. (laughs) Now, for just $60 a month, you get a package of freshly curated, professionally styled clothes delivered to your doorstep that you get to keep. Yeah, yeah. It's too good to be true. And guess what? It's $150 worth of clothes. Wow. Yeah. Good deal. You guys might want to sign up for this. And if you use the promo code OMAR, you're going to get a good percentage off of that first couple packages. And me, myself, I think it's a good idea. You should head over to 54club.com and sign up. I'm wearing it. I will definitely go to 54club.com because Joe always makes fun of me. I love sweatpants. And it's time for me to graduate to being an actual man and not wearing sweatpants every day. There's that. And then... You can uh, actually, maybe you could, a a dirty sports joke, but then the condoms are for pussies may have another reason because those condoms may actually be for you, Andy. Oh, that's (laughs) You never know. When you get your style together, you you never know what could happen. (laughs) I don't know if 5-4 wants to be lewd on their ad spot, but but what can you do? (laughs) Moving on, you know, I want to talk something else about, uh, about, about, it's still, we're still staying in the basketball realm, but I want to, I want to speak on what, uh, uh, Basketball, I don't. I mean, I guess we could call him a legend in some sense. Bo Kimball has advice uh, for Chris Bosh. Really? Did you read about this? No. But what kind of advice could Bo Kimball have for? Chris no, Bosch? I mean, well, 
for those who don't know, Bo Kimball was on the team mm-hmm. uh, uh, where his teammate, Hank Gathers, collapsed on the court and died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had a different sort of heart uh, situation, but he had a he had a heart situation. And that was when they were, you know, at Loyola Marymount. And, and, then, and then Bo went into the NBA, would shoot his free throws lefty right. in, yeah. in honor of him and all that. I, yeah. I remember Bo. Remember that? Yeah. And so, well, this is what Bo had to say recently. He said, you know, there's so many other things he could do with his life. Hank Gathers had the same thing. Hank could have been a comedian, an actor, did speaking engagements. It's not worth the risk. I would just say absolutely not. Don't do it. If Hank had the ability to do it again, he wouldn't have paid the ultimate price. I'm sure Bosch has children, and they're going to need their father around as much as possible. So, uh, And then they talked to Hank uh, Gather's brother, Derek, and he said, to this day, I am just getting over the loss of my brother. Just fall back and retire. And it, it brings up an, an interesting point. I mean, it, it, it's sad to say, but... I mean, what's the it's point of him over. Of, of him sitting on the bench and hanging out? And he's got two rings. It's not like he's he got two rings. He's right. accomplished so much already. He's a stud. I now, think, the, I think there's two two sides of this. Obviously, he's got all the money you could possibly need, right? I mean, he's he had he had a max contract, and then he had he had great contract with the Heat. He's got two rings. No one can say Chris Bosh didn't have a great NBA career, All Star. He was all they had in Toronto for a while, right? But then you look at the other side. This isn't 1987 and in Mar Vista or wherever Loyola Marymount is. Those games weren't even televised. Right. And, you know, this is this is 2016. Every team's got seven trainers. You know, if, if Chris Bosh were to go down on the court right now, like, are we losing Chris Bosh? Uh, I think it's like a, a different different time and place. And if he's willing to take the risk... Uh, I, I I mean, it would be hard for me to give up playing NBA yeah, but, basketball. But that would be one of the worst things that have ever happened in the NBA, not sure. just through sure the would. heat. Because if watching this guy collapse on the court just because he wanted to get one more game in is just not worth it. And nobody knows, even with the medical background of history whatnot, you don't know what's going to happen out there. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that they're holding back because they don't want to pay him the money. No. Although, no. although he, someone insinuated, yeah. But, there's, a, there's a benefit to him being on the shelf as far as, uh, right. like, cap space or something like that. But I don't think that, I mean, they, they make way more money than they pay Chris Bosh if Chris Bosh is playing and they actually are playing the Cavs in the finals. I'll exactly. tell you that much. In, exactly. the, in the Eastern Conference finals. But watching this guy collapse in the middle of a game and middle, that would be in horrific. front of 40,000 people, man. And, and, and in front of Probably two or three million people, on, depending right. on you know when it happened, right. when it would happen. Uh, but I, I think there's one more element too, Prano, that we have to think about is: is Chris Bosh in the position health wise? I guess pretty much like we're all in to where we don't know what's going to happen anyways. So like, does does That's what him? He's saying, he's saying he's healthy. Yeah, he's saying whether or not I play basketball, blood clots could actually have an effect on me having a, a you know grabbing a bucket of wings. Right. So whether so and in that sense, he's making a really strong argument to say I should be able to continue my dream because obviously if you look at his numbers, he's productive. Yeah. And not to do a complete shameless plug here, but your character on Ballers, the whole thing is his struggle with what Transition, am I, what am I retiring. if I'm not a football player? Maybe Chris Chris Bosch, you know, I've seen his he has some hilarious YouTube videos out there and whatever. Really? But maybe he doesn't mm-hmm. know what am I if I'm not in the NBA? And is it Alive? is it worth? Yeah, but is it worth what 
Do, do, does anybody care about me if I'm not an NBA player, Chris Bosh, but I'm still alive? I think you know? so. I mean, if, and if they don't, they they have to get over it. I mean, he has a family and there's other things that he can do in life besides trying to play basketball. Eventually, you're going to have to give it up anyway. Yeah, I mean, you, you know? see these guys who walk, I mean, guys have walked away. Calvin Johnson's walking away from the NFL. Yeah, But there, there's plenty of guys who haven't walked away and it has, in, in the end, cost them their life. I don't think everybody is mature enough or confident enough to say, yeah, whatever. I got a couple million dollars. I'm going to go on and do something else. I mean, look at the guys who have hung on too long and it's affected them. And now they have brain damage or yeah. now they have bad knees right. or now they have this. Um, Why you got to talk about me like that? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just so tough for some of these guys. I mean, I mean, of course. I mean obviously, of course. right. You can go down the, the list. Dan Marino, yeah. uh, you know, Brett Favre, all these guys. They I mean, walk away and said, I want to spend time with my family. And then in two weeks, I'm coming back. I mean, know? Peyton Manning should not have been playing this year. No, oh, my goodness. I mean, he the guy, and truth be told, they're, they're on his head about, uh, pun intended, about him using growth hormone. This guy had a surgery where his neck had to get fused to his back. Yeah. Come he on, should dude. use whatever he needs to use to exactly. make sure that his head doesn't get knocked off, including not playing. And he was willing to risk his health to play. Yeah. And that was his choice, and they rode out with him, and they got a Super Bowl. Yeah. And you remember uh, remember when Eddie Curry was on the Bulls and they deactivated him because of his heart? And then the Knicks, yeah. my goddamn Knicks, traded a couple first-round picks for him and then gave him a max contract. I mean, he survived on the court, unfortunately, for the Knicks. But uh, <laughs> oh wow! But, but but he said he was healthy to play, and he was healthy to play. I mean, he wasn't healthy to play well, but he was healthy to play. I I think no one knows an athlete's body like an athlete. That's for sure. Hank Gathers obviously made. You know, I don't know if he had that decision or if anybody told him there was anything wrong with him at that point. But you know, I can't fault Chris Bosh for playing. But I trust Chris I Chris Bosh. Knowing how he feels than more than Bo Kimball knowing how Chris Bosh feels. Right. That's a good point. And I, I also think that given that situation, you got to go to the scriptures on this one and say, you know, tomorrow really isn't promised to any of us. I mean, any of us could get that, that God forbid, we could get that random clot, you know, on the way out of Koreatown. Uh, you know, you just have too much MSG. <laughs> one dim sum too many. I can have one dumpling too many. That barbecue could go the wrong will way. cost some major costs. <laughs> It could. It really could. I mean, you know, it's, a, it's, I don't know, I find it interesting. And just to wrap this side of the story up, I, I want to lay something on you guys. So, you know, when Hank Gathers fell to the floor, when he had the crazy heart attack, they were playing the Portland Pilots. And you know who the, the point guard was on the Portland Pilots? Who? Eric Spolstra. Wow. I mean, this life just, you know, wow. the, the more the more you live it, if if you don't see that coincidence isn't coincidence, you're crazy. So maybe that's 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 the answer I mean, right there. Maybe right? that's the answer. I mean, that this is what I'm saying. It's like, wow, are you kidding me? I don't know. I, when I found that out, I, it sent a chill up my spine. I was like, wow, really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, if I'm Eric Spolstra, right? I mean, Chris Bosh is your superstar. He's probably like, I was there for the Hank Gathers thing. You seem fine. You know, like, <laughs> you, you'll be all right. You, I was there, and uh, you look a lot healthier than he did. You should keep playing for me. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, though. That's like a, that's a crazy, there's no way you yeah, can connect those dots. No. That, that's like, I bet you when he first heard it, when Spolstra first heard it, he was probably like, what? What's wrong with him? Wow. You know, and it's not a, it's not an identical, you know, problem. No. But at the same time, it's a heart problem. You're talking about a circulation problem, and you know what I mean. Something you don't know if that clot by him being a you know an athlete like that, if it's going to move that any faster through his body. What? It, there's no answer. We don't know anything. Is what we've come to the conclusion. Yeah. We're so a whole bunch of dummies. So this case is closed because uh, we I'm don't know shit. I'm actually a doctor. I have been holding back on this. I can I, tell. I think uh, he should retire and uh, go work day. at go work at Jurassic Park. 
Oh, <laughs> you've been watching those memes. Yeah, those too many memes. I'm on Twitter too much. Andy started those memes. He hasn't been watching them. He runs 400 sports accounts on the internet. He's responsible for the entire Chris Bosh is a dinosaur meme. Hilarious. All right, well, let's move into something else here. Let's get to our favorite. Uh, let's talk some baseball. Let's speak on some baseball because as it is right now, there's some surprises going on in Major League Baseball, one being that the Astros completely suck. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Keuchel. Dallas the joint Keuchel up. is stinking the joint You know, up. but he was almost like a one-hit wonder, though. They gave him too much credit, and he hadn't done it consistently. You have to be able to do it year in and year out. One year does not make a career, you know? Or it does if you get the right deal, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, but but I, I I actually I don't see Houston pulling out of this tailspin. Like I I don't see them getting better, and all of a sudden it comes together. But nobody's running away with that division, though. So right. they still have an opportunity. But I can tell you this: is are they in the West? They're in the Central. They're in the, they're West, the West. West. Yeah, they're in the West. But in the Central, the Kansas City Royals have woken up. Yeah, and they're and playing that championship baseball, and they could anything can happen. I mean, I I stay, I maintain, I've never seen a team like that Kansas City Royals team from last year. I mean, I'm talking about one man for all and all for one. Those guys found a way to win. Somebody moved the guy over. Somebody stole a sack. Somebody got the big strikeout. Somebody did something. Those guys know how to win. They got the same core group. It's going to be very difficult uh, uh, to get by these guys. And they got hot. They went into to Chicago and treated Chicago like Chicago was still the White Sox of old. Yeah. They, they smacked them up pretty good. But, you know, they're going to have to get some starting pitching. Their bullpen is... They should have signed Johnny Cueto. They should have signed Cueto. It's just unbelievable to me that this... We have this thing where we talk about that it, 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 can, it can... You can draw the conclusion of racism or uh, of, of just underappreciation or whatever. Johnny Cueto is second in numbers only to Curt and Kershaw, or Creighton Kershaw, oh, yeah. or his cousin, Clayton Kershaw, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, for the past... Five years. And you know what? I'm glad you bring that up because being a guy from Cincinnati, I always felt, again, he's just so underappreciated because it's a small market. And one of our other friends, uh, Andy Lazarus, he was texting me the other day about that. He always texts me. He's like, man, I love Cueto. I go, he was, I go, look at his numbers. Numbers is phenomenal. The the amount of innings, the amount of strikeouts. When he goes out there and he kind of had, you know, maybe a little hiccups a little in the playoffs, but he got over that last year in the World Series against the Mets. The guy is lights out for the most part. I'm talking about lights out. Yeah. I'm talking about. And he's like, doing it right now. As good as anybody in the league. And and his hairstylist. Yeah. Whoever hooks him up with that predator look is just, they deserve, their, they deserve their own contract. Max deal. I mean, I absolutely a, agree with you guys that, that Cueto was, was a perfect fit for them. But you got to look at how they did it last year and the way that they've been able to put together the roster that they have is they're paying all these guys. Nobody's a superstar, but everybody, like you said, does a job. Moves the guys over, run the bases well, plays defense, gap hitters. And come August again... You know, uh, the Milwaukee's going to be out of it, and the Braves are going to be out of it, and all these teams that are going to be out of it, suddenly they just pull the Cueto of this year, they get a rental, and they they manage to pay all these guys to be the team, and they bring in a big arm for August, September, October. I mean, it worked last year. Why can't it work again this year? Well, one of the reasons why is because they've given away a lot of the kids in the minor leagues that they used to get a Cueto, and now I don't think that their system is like it was before. That's interesting. Uh, I just know that, uh, so I maintain. I don't know who's going to beat the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, I mean, they look th- nice. Uh, are you Samarja kidding me? Is and looking that, decent, and they, and they look like, you know, they look like how the Mets are as advertised as far as that starting staff. 
And they got they and got been arms, there. and they've been there, and it's an even year. I mean, I hate to sound superstitious, but geez, Louise, these guys seem to turn it on at the right times. Everybody said in the offseason, the Cubs, the Cubs, the Cubs, look at what the no. Cubs are doing. And I said the second that they didn't sign Grinky and they didn't sign Cueto, look at the Giants. The Giants have said, you know, we got a nice little team here. Why don't we add two starting pitchers? Look at what right. happened last yeah, year in the NLCS. Yeah. The, the Cubs, with all their lineup, they showed up, and the, the Mets pitching staff buzzsawed through them I in four games. And it's going right to be the same, same thing. thing again. Yeah, yeah it's going to be the same thing again because they strike out a lot. And yeah, then you look young. at a guy like Drew Pomerantz. Drew Pomerantz from San Diego came out and shut them down Yeah, because he, can, he has swing and miss stuff. So right. when you have swing and miss stuff, they have a bunch of minor leaguers that just came up. These guys know how to get you out, dude. And when you get to the playoffs, most of those starters got swing and miss stuff. Yeah. That's why they're in the playoffs. I don't agree with Zach Greinke, though, because I'm I, not I don't high on Zach, Zach, Zach Greinke. Greinke. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's... The spotlight's too much for him. Yeah. yeah and, and, I, and he and, even said as much. Yeah. I don't, I'm not crazy for Zach Greinke. And you guys will get a, good, get a good laugh out of this one, is that I missed my fantasy draft in one of my leagues. And who was my first pick? Zach Green. Auto, auto, <laughs> Can you believe that? Auto draft will get you every, every time. time. I'm a I'm a I'm a hardcore New York guy. If I ever auto draft fantasy football, I, I wake up the next morning, I check it, and it's just Eagles and Cowboys. It's just <laughs> Romo, Romo, and Demarco Murray with Sam Bradford backing him up and Dez, and I'm like, oh good God, what happened? Everybody's gonna get hurt, and then I got to root for terrible. I just go take my fifty dollars. I'm just, de- yeah, just take my money. I'm just, deactivating I'm my the check account. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Just take the auto wins. Now, speaking of you being a New York guy, though, let's talk New York baseball. And I want to start with the Evil Empire because them Jankies, they're on a five-game winning streak. I don't think it's coincidental that it's just when they got Araldis Chapman back. Hey, man, you don't have to score a lot of runs to get to the sixth inning with a lead. And when you get to the seventh inning with a lead with them— the game is over. You're not yeah. you're not scoring on Batances, Miller, and, and Chapman. They're the new nasty boys. They are yeah. the new nasty boys. Yeah. And we whoa, got a whoa, Cincinnati whoa, guy whoa. here. <laughs> I would ne- there will never be another nasty boy. Yeah, truth be told, we're pretty close, right? Truth here. be told, I'll take these guys over the nasty boys. Will the you? only reason I would take the, the nasty Pances? boys is because they have a they have a ring. <laughs> yeah, but 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 you're talking that was Dibble. Uh, Charlton and uh, Randy, Myers. Randy Myers. Randy Myers. So you're going, you're going. But they had the ring too. They got the ring. They nasty boys. No, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, Has okay. the ring. Oh. The the these guys don't have. Ross Chapman didn't have a ring. Yeah, he just got cheese <laughs> and a crazy <laughs> slider. And and now if you look at these guys, you talk about swing and miss stuff. All three of these guys would be the dominant closer on any team in the major leagues. Absolutely. Batances has got to be one of the best team guys in all of sports. Right. Because he hasn't complained one bit and about not being the guy. Career. They've yo-yoed him, and he still performs, unlike how it happened with Jabba Chamberlain. Right. They've yo-yoed him, and he actually still been able to figure out, oh, I can still strike guys out, yeah. <laughs> whether yo-yo me or yo-yo ma, yeah. or whatever. You know, it's, it's all good. <laughs> I can still strike guys out no matter what the soundtrack is. Right. I'm getting you. Because he's got that wipeout slider. He's got crazy cheese. And the Yankees don't have offense, though, so they need to get a lead before the fifth inning. they got to do something. Well, see, I don't know about that because they actually can hold. They can they can hold you right. to, to whether or not they have the lead. They can hold I have you. To, I have to see it against a better team than Oakland A's, though. You know, Oakland has never been known for its superior offense since the steroid years. Well, they gave it, gonna... they gave it to a high hold. Real quick, yeah. they gave it to a highly potent offense of – the the Arizona Diamondbacks though, 
before yeah. Oakland. Yeah, I was going to say about Houston, this is what I think about the Yankees. It, it, I think it's just getting late early, as they say. You know yeah. what I mean? They dug yeah, themselves yeah. a big hole. I think the Yankees are set up, especially with that bullpen, to be incredible in the late innings and to be able to dominate teams. But... I think the great thing with the Yankees is next year they can get whichever free agent they want. They're always going to have the money. There's no salary cap. Who wants Who wants $200 million? There's a check on the table. Just come and get it. Right. But right now they've got themselves in a big hole. The, the AL East, pretty strong. I mean, Baltimore is out, out of the gate strong. Baltimore looks great. Boston. I mean, it, it's just a heavy division. So I think it was just they put themselves in too much of a hole. But they, they look like they're building something there. For the future, I mean, there's still only a couple games out of first place. Right. It's not their hole isn't that deep. Right. I still don't see anybody beating Boston uh, in the AL East this year. Oh, you know, Baltimore. You don't think Baltimore got them? I keep watching Baltimore fall apart, and it bothers me. Yeah. Not in not in games this year. Right. Two years ago, Baltimore should have went to the World Series, and they could have beat the Giants. Right. And that whole fiasco happened with Major League Baseball when they didn't give Chris Davis his his prescription or whatever it was, and right. they, they they suspended him for the rest of the playoffs, which was huge uh, because Kansas City went in there and mopped them up. But I watch consistently these Bucks or Walter teams that seem to fall apart. I don't want to put it on Buck because he's a great manager, but this year they got – you know that they, lineup is stacked. It's the best lineup in baseball. Best lineup period. in baseball. It's not even close. They they have the best I, lineup. I in mean, baseball. but now you got Chris Tillman and Kevin Gosman that are throwing the ball really, really nice. And then Giovanni Garlado's coming back, and if he throws, and that's you, who gives you need. You anything that's who you need. It's good. And they have he, he's, he's another league, he's another underrated guy because yeah. I don't like what I'm seeing from Ubaldo Jimenez. <laughs> he's finished. He's giving me classic <laughs> Ubaldo now. Yeah. He's giving me you know I'll have a number three. Yeah, I'm gonna take Ubaldo number three, <laughs> which is uh, six runs over four innings to go. No, actually, no. Let's make that for. <laughs> yeah, he's he's giving you classic Ubaldo. Yeah, poor Ubaldo Jimenez. Wherever he goes, it's like he's pitching at Coors, right? Remember, <laughs> remember that was the excuse forever. It's like, oh, he's got a higher ERA, but he's pitching at Coors. Yeah. Like, Coors just seems to follow him around. It really the does. Air is lighter wherever he goes. It's unbelievable. It's I think unbelievable. He sucks up a lot of the heavy air, right? I don't know what it is, but you know, but I just I don't know something about Boston that I see watching these games. They got a great mix. And they have a great mix of veterans and kids. The veterans know, and the kids are believing. Big Poppy, I'm looking for the cycle. Come on, dude. And it's his last year. And, I mean, that guy has a lot of pride in his game. They have a decent bullpen. Not Is necessarily it his last great. year? It yeah. said he I've, announced I haven't it. heard yeah. anything about yeah. that. We, yeah. we didn't notice. <laughs> we didn't notice with the farewell yeah. tour. This, I'm not a big fan of farewell tours Me personally. But, but at the same time, Man, Big Poppy's a monster. Yeah, he's a Poppy is great, but yeah, the farewell tour is great. Like it's every day is the last something. Every, yeah, exactly. This yeah. is the last middle game of a three game series <laughs> that Poppy will you have play to step out in the middle Houston. Yeah. to everybody. Yeah. Hey, dude, it's one, th- one or two. Come yeah, on, it's just one I, one think two, Kobe, two. I think Kobe's probably getting jealous of Big Poppy's farewell yeah, tour. I'm he's, sure of it. He's going to go back in the league <laughs> to get another farewell <laughs> tour. Nobody in history got the farewell tour that Kobe got. The no. Kobe's farewell tour was sickening. Like it was like it was last game as well. Oh my god! It was an exhibition game. Oh, I have seen less nut writing in porn than I seen (laughs) on the Kobe (laughs) tour. This this Kobe farewell tour was despicable. I can't believe that. uh, For his last game, I did something called the Kobe Bryant Shot Challenge, where uh, I took a shot of whiskey every time Kobe took a jump shot. Oh Oh, man, I'm surprised surprised you made it. I'm surprised I made it too. I cut him off. I was with him. (laughs) I took forty whiskey shots, and in the middle, I'm just like, cut this guy. I mean. 
can't be serious. Have you going to take 50 shots? I would Are be embarrassed to take 50 oh, shots in a goodness. basketball game. Oh, man, game. you need to listen. I think it was the podcast six or seven, but this guy went in. He really, oh, my goodness. He, he just, he still, <laughs> can you, see, you can still see the I bitter just, beer face. Rubbed he just, so, he, he so far in the wrong way, dude. It was unbelievable. And everybody was applauding it. Yeah. Well, hey, did you see that? Like, yes, it was terrible. Yeah, and it that's was, the thing. And the, and the minute you call him out, like Joe and I did, oh, haters, haters. Right. You guys are just, you're just jealous. No, I'm not jealous. I just know he's being a ball hog and that the Jazz aren't even trying to play defense. Exactly. And this is an NBA game. Yeah. We're not at the park, dude. Right. It's an exhibition for one of the greatest ball players of I all time. I mean, if time. Poppy just decided it was his farewell tour, he's pitching every fifth day. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what it was like. Yeah, That's that, the equivalent that, of it. That, that would be like, the other side of it is, or if they just threw him, threw him BP. Yeah. yeah and, on, and, the other, and the other side of it is, is that, one, obviously the Red Sox are in the middle of a competitive season, and unlike the Lakers. And two, uh, he's still competitive. You know, you watch the whole season, you watch Kobe Bryant play two, you know, two quarters a game, maybe, on the games that he did play. Big Poppy, just as we just said, and almost hit for the cycle. Yeah. And I tell you what, I, this is good. This, we're a long ways off of it. I think it's a guy like a Jackie Bradley Jr. who could actually challenge DiMaggio's streak yeah. because he can beat balls out. Yeah, infield he, singles. He, he, yeah, he, he's got it. He, yeah. You know, you, to, to get a streak like that, you're going to need some help. Yeah. You're always going to need, you know, something's going to have to bounce your way. But he's going to Katie run. and Ernie are over here passing sexting <laughs> messages or something. But <laughs> what's going on with you two crazy kids? All that Kobe talk got them all worked out. That's what it is. They're, like, they're, hey, setting up for, they're, they're, they're scheduling a hotel room in Colorado right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah, but, yeah but you know what, Jackie Bradley, though, he does have a chance, but, you know, there's some big arms out there. I was going to say. Yeah, there's some big arms out there. 56 games? This has got to be one of the greatest. Honestly, this has got to be one of the greatest accomplishments yeah, in, sports. in sports. This yeah. is this is, and nobody really talks about it. Yeah. 56 is a third of the season. Come on. Right? I mean, yeah, and you're getting knocks. What yeah. Did, yeah, what did Pete Rose do? Did he do upper <laughs> yeah, 40s? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Pete Rose was just, what he did is put together arguably the best career in Major League Baseball I know, history. No, but I'm saying as far <laughs> as that someone, streak. No, someone's gotten multiple. closer. Yeah, yeah but somebody's gotten multiple. a little bit closer, I think, than Pete yeah. Rose has, right? Who yeah. was that? Somebody yeah, 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 somebody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Paul Molitor, I think. Yeah, I think or Robin Yount, one, one of, of those guys one got of those a little guys. bit closer yeah. than P. Rose. And um, it's just unbelievable to do. You can't even pick 50, 56 games of random guys yeah, getting like hit. Of random guys let, getting let hit. alone one guy yeah. getting on. Beat the streak, yeah. the, the MLB, yeah, which, yeah, is a great, you, which is a great yeah. thing. You know, I used to do this thing in college. A, a buddy of mine taught me. It, it, was a, it was like, it was, I wasn't a bookie, but I would play <laughs> this game with my, my buddies. You could bet, you know, up to five bucks. You could pick three players, any three players in the league. And if they got six hits, I pay you. If they don't get six hits, you pay me. So everybody's, everybody's got to go two for four, basically. Wow. And all, so, all, I, so, so you were all I did was make money. All I did was make money. Because <laughs> right. people are like, oh, what are you talking about? Derek Jeter will get three hits today. No, and then I'll no. take, And then I'll take uh, bonds and I'll take – no. No. Because guys go one for four. That's what happens in baseball. Or you go one for four. Yeah. Right. For and uh, so the idea that somebody gets a hit in 56 straight games, I think you're right. Jackie Bradley is the kind of guy who will challenge mm-hmm. him, but it's not going to happen. Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, as you know, as a, as a bookmaker, the, uh, the numbers actually say he probably will not do and that. And just look what they can do to you in baseball. If you get close to it or if it's a tight game yeah, they, and you get up and, you, and it's late in the game, yeah, they can walk o- you. Yeah, and you're 0 for 1 and... Now you get a walk, and yeah. it's over. And it's over, just like that. Yeah, it's just like a, that. In, in crazy street. That's an hey, impossible street. out there wants to bet that he doesn't get to 35, <laughs> I got it. I'll oh, take, I'll, I'll ta- I'll, you're taking bets? I'll take under 35. Anybody who wants it. What's he wow. at, 27? Give, give him your 27. Give him your Twitter handle. At Fix Your Life on Twitter. 
If you want to bet that he goes over 35, I'm right here. It's seven, eight more games. He's all like, he's got to do is get eight more games. He's a man of many trades. Baseball coach, comedian, bookmaker. Yeah. He does it all. Yeah. <laughs> all, all he's, got, he's already got 27. All he's got to do is get eight more. Wow. I'm taking under That's 35. Who wants Wow, it? that is a good bet. Well, let's stay, let's stay in baseball. Uh, you know what? I'm just reading some right now. They're saying the Mets just lost, lost Lucas Duda to a lower back stress fracture. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's supposed to be a serious injury. Now, if it's, if it's me with the Mets, I put... I don't know if it's Conforto, but I think maybe I put Conforto at first and then play the outfield as, you know, as it is. The Mets, this is what's really disappointing about them because they keep platooning Conforto, and I do not understand it. Disgusting. How would you ever learn how to hit a lefty if you never let me face him? Yeah, well, they've they've slowed down on uh, on on platooning him as much. He's getting more and more uh, at Side bats. note, the game's fucking already started and I didn't set my lineup. <laughs> <laughs> I want to kill somebody. No, I had to do a dumbass podcast before this one so I didn't get to set oh, my dude, lineup. Oh, dude, you got screwed. Those idiots, <laughs> those idiots beforehand always fucking shit up. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> They, uh, well, would you like to see the two players on the DL that are in my lineup? I mean, I was going to say, is Lucas Duda starting at first for you? No, but, be. but Marte and Reddick are still in, and I got other players that I could have put in, like Jason Worth. Uh, but Conforto, Anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. Platooning less and less, but I agree with you. Uh, you know, Conforto played third base in, in college. I would, I would like to see him move over there to play first. He's been great in the outfield for us, but move him over to play first base a little bit. You get Lagares back in playing, you know, center field and uh, playing great defense. But Conforto is insane. I agree with you. That kid should be playing every day. I don't care who. I, mean, I don't care. I don't care who's throwing. I don't care, I don't if, care if he strikes out three times a yeah. game. He, yeah, I don't care if Kershaw, he did a bomb off Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, exactly. I he l- proved himself. You do that. Hey, man, you're, you're in. You're in. Yeah. And I don't understand how a guy, you hit a guy three one day, and then, and then he's not. Six or seven hole or, or not in the game. Or not in the game. Your three hitter is your three hitter. If you don't know who your three hitter is, you can't be a big league manager. If this you don't know who hits three for about you. the culture in, in, the, in the clubhouse and if they're a culture of winning or not. Uh, along the lines of how they're treating Matt Harvey and all the speculation, this is why they seem to be destined to be forever little brother to the Yankees. The one thing I'll say about Terry Collins, he makes insane decisions, platooning guys, bullpen guy, the way the way he manages his bullpen, the way he arranges a lineup on a day-to-day basis. The one thing that excites me about this Mets team though, they really really like each other. They really get along. They have fun. You talk about the way the Royals were a team, you see it with these Mets. Like Bartolo Colon hits a bomb, the whole dugout leaves in unison. <laughs> when Bastardo got them out of the ninth in in San Diego, they give him a championship belt. You know, like these guys <laughs> like each other for top to bottom in the roster. And even Cespedes, you know, Cespedes, everybody was going, do you really want to sign Cespedes? This guy has been on 10 teams in 10 seasons, blah, 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 blah. They like him. Everybody has fun. These guys are smoking cigars in the locker. They like each other. And Terry Collins isn't a great strategic manager, but he's got them all happy. And that, I think, is something over 162 games that you can't you, – you almost trade it for, like, a shitty bullpen decision here and there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? But the way that he came out and blasted Harvey, though, you know, it wasn't acceptable. You know, he came out and said – Flat out, I don't know if he's going to get the ball the next time. I don't know if he's going to make his start. Right. Obviously, he's going to make his start. He's starting tomorrow, which is Tuesday. Right. But the thing of it is, is that he, you know, you can't do that to him. The guy's already having a problem. You can't yeah, throw you him can't under mess the bus. Around, mess with his confidence even yeah. more. You're saying you're saying that this, this is guy, ace. Was, yeah, this is you your ace. You got to treat him like he's ace. 
Let him have a problem. It's yeah. all right. This is life. We have problems. Yeah. But you know? this is this goes to a deeper conversation about you want to go deep. You've I'm always what? Why, I'm trying to go deep. Why are you going deep. so deep nowadays? Thirty thousand leagues under the sea. <laughs> Come on, man! <laughs> I'm going to drown. Let go. No, no, can't do no. it. I got to take you there. But this is part of the problem. Is that in America, and this is why you got kids killing themselves and so on and so forth, because another person's Instagram, which is their fake life, looks better than your real life. Right. And we don't have the confidence and the understanding that things aren't always peachy. They aren't always rosy. And you have to deal with things in life, things that you don't want to deal with. And and whether that's a dead arm like Matt Harvey or whether that's the fact that some idiot is is at a strip club on Instagram that you actually want to be at. You know, it, there's and those are just highlights. Those are the, this is this is the thing. And everybody is everybody can be around when things are going well. And this is, I feel, I really fear this is where we are coming to in society is that we've become a bandwagon and a front-running society. Like now everybody's a Cubs fan. Right. Everybody's got something to say uh, because everybody's a Floyd Mayweather fan. Everybody's, a, you know, all of, you, you can pick and choose whoever it is. Everybody, if you win, everybody's with you. And when you don't, you're a jerk. And and not only now because of the anonymity of the internet, not only are you a jerk, you're the worst person that's ever lived. You should kill yourself. You're blah blah blah. Piece of crap, huh? Yeah, and that's a real problem, man. It's a real problem in society. You I, can't you can't go that way. I completely agree with you. And it and it's the way we we build things up just to take them down. I mean, that's last it. year the Mets go you know go to the World Series and surprisingly for su- most people, surprisingly right. But because they were put on the national stage and everybody saw them, and you got John Smoltz saying their staff's better than the Braves. I mean, as a Mets fan, this year when they start out just a, I mean they're a game and a half out of first place, but every day on Twitter because I'm a you know a well known Mets fan, people go, "What's up with your pitching staff? I thought your pitching staff was the best thing in the world." <laughs> oh, what happened to the great uh, Atlanta Braves challenging young pitching staff? It's like, hey, if they get in the wild card, you got problems. And you Matt problem. Harvey has to start that wild card game. I'm betting, and, and you don't know who's starting for the other team. I like our chances. Dead arm, not dead arm. Exactly. I'm with you know, you, man. all that stuff. So it's just the way people, they love to build you up just to tear you down. And it's, it, it's, it's awful. It's just it's, awful. It's all Negative. instant reaction. It, it is. Right. Everything is instant it's awesome. It's so now. instant. And you're so right as far as the bandwagon. I mean, look at the Warriors. If the Thunder win this series, oh, my goodness. Oh, you know. Everything they've accomplished is, is all of a sudden null and void. Yes, yeah. Not. And then everybody's, all the kids are going to go out and go to Hot Topic and dress like Russell Westbrook or whatever the hell he's wearing now. And, you know, all the kids, you know, it's just, it's, it's like everybody, it, it's they're Hot gonna, Topic? I don't gonna know. They're going to go what, to the Goodwill. Yeah. Actually, to, to dress what's like what's Hot Topic? I don't even know. Is that like a chick's clothing store? <laughs> I don't know. He just made it up, dude. It's, it's, your, awesome. it's, it's your riff, bro. Because <laughs> <laughs> Katie over here is like, he's just like me. Katie's looking at me like, what is he talking about? <laughs> but you're right, though. It is such, everything's so instant and it's so, you know, Kill, you know, you're a loser. You suck. And it's like, yeah. you know, we well, always now, talk about it. Hold on a second. And, and if you're not a developed enough person, real quick, if you're not a developed enough person to let that roll off of your shoulder and you're not introspective enough to know that you have value outside of what everybody else tells you your value is, you run into problems that we have in society where people are running up in movie theaters shooting people, yeah. where people are going to, to school and shooting people. Where you, This is, this is, a, this is a, a situation that breeds insanity. Sorry. No, no, you're absolutely right. And I think it's, you know, you see it. We've talked about the Internet 
it, people's Instagram, that's not really happening, or the way people come at you on Twitter that would never say anything to oh, you never. in to real life. Or, never. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we were just talking about, we did a thing the other day, and we, I was having a conversation, and you commented on the board. I said, They said, what if the Warriors don't win? Does the 73 mean something? You you said it doesn't mean anything. I agree. And I think that it takes it away. <laughs> See? You agree with yourself. No, no, no. no I think, <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, I think this, if they don't win at all, and it's like I said about the, the Patriots. Right. It's 16-0 and 0 is great, but I mean, no, it's about championships. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying that it doesn't mean anything. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have gone that far. But really, what does it mean? If they lose to the Thunder, what does that 73 games really mean, though? I mean, it means you that had they had— it, but yeah. also, But it yeah. also, you got to look at, this is that team that had 67 wins last year, a championship, and 73 wins. That's a pretty good two-season run. That's an incredible At the run. end of that two seasons, did they not win their second championship? That doesn't discredit anything that they did over those 130 games. For 130 games, they were far and away the best team in basketball. Yes and no, though, because now if you ask me, they had they caught—and, you know, it's not over yet. But that's why, actually, I am very interested to see how this series is going to play out, to be honest. Yeah. Because, ultimately, these guys were the beneficiary of a lot—not that they did that— but they were a beneficiary of a lot of great luck and bad luck for other teams. Sure. It, no matter how you slice it, maybe the Clippers don't beat them this year. But you know what? It's really good luck that both Clippers superstars got hurt in the game against Portland. Right. So they play a Portland team that obviously doesn't have a chance. Last year, the Clippers fell apart to the Rockets. Last year, LeBron James plays them in the finals pretty much with four or five guys that he found on the street hanging out. Uh, which is bad. In fact, Della Vadova looks like you guys could be related. But I think that I think I think that I think that uh, I, I really I think that that's I think that's why you maybe why you said that. And I can see that. And this is why the Cavs play with this chip on their shoulder that they're playing with, which is to prove, you know what? I don't know about the other games that they won, the 73 and the 67 and the blah, blah, blah. But against playing us, if we have our full squad, they're not better than us. Right. But it's a, but the point is it's a hot take culture. That's everybody, exactly the point. everybody, everybody has to say, uh, uh, everybody has to go. Here's the way it is, and it's like, hey, and it's all extreme. Yeah, nobody. It's 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 not interesting enough. It's like being a shock jock. It's not interesting enough if you actually just have a take where you're in the gray area of life, which is where most of life actually takes place, to my experience. Right. You either have to be completely black or completely white. It's all hot or cold, and it's really never that way. It's really never in life. There's always never. complexity. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? Eric Spolster was on the court when Hank Gathers died, and now he's he's coaching a player that has a, a, a potential heart issue. Are you crazy? That's gray as hell. You can't. Yeah. That's that. You know what I mean? Think about all the emotions that he's thinking to try to 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 give proper advice or whatever, right, whatever. Right. That's like this, life is life is a trip, man. But you went deep. I went. Hey, I can I can go even deeper. Wow, <laughs> I can, it's, it's, so can Stephen Adams' dad. Oh, <laughs> eighteen kids deep. <laughs> wow, that's deep. Yeah, I can't go that deep. That is. That is. I think you could go that deep. That is, no yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is uh, Barry White deep. But you know what? Um, it, it's a trip because I was just having a conversation too about the, along those same lines about the media and everything. There's something going on in the world. Let me just wrap this up real quick. But there's something going on in the world people don't even know about. They. In France, they're having crazy protests all over France because a law got 
put on the French people to basically make their society more like the American people, where they're going to get less vacation time, their insurance is going to be determined by X, Y, and Z, and blah, 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 which is different from the society that they have now. The French people, unlike the Americans, actually decided, no, we're having a protest, and that's that. You can't get gas in France right now. Wow. I haven't, heard I haven't anything seen about anything about this on the news. No, I, was, I haven't heard anything. So say you have some business to handle in France and you think, oh, yeah, I got to pop into Paris and then we're going to drive to Lyon and do blah, blah, blah. And you're stuck like Chuck because it just speaks to the power of what we're doing as the media collectively. You can suppress ideas. You can censor ideas or you can open them up. Wow. It's crazy. You, do you go, you guys go do some research on well, that, that? You went and deep. That, and uh, America, you know, the, you, the United States, we – we have CNN, we have NBC News, ABC News. All over the world, there's 25 of our channels. And for a lot of Europe, it's BBC, right? Like we, they yeah, have- And they various have the versions ones, of the BBC. And like various BBC versions. One, two, three, four. Right, right, exactly. So now the the story is they're protesting because France is becoming more like us. We're yes. not, we're, our 25 news channels isn't about to do a story that like people are protesting because they're going to become like America. And the one no. channel in every one of those countries might be telling the story, but we own the media conglomerates. We own the New York Times. We own all these things. So we tell the story. Exactly. And as a storyteller, for it's what I do for a living. If you let me guide the narrative, I can make you believe anything I want you to believe. There's yeah. just no two ways about it. So there's 11 ESPNs, and the story is, <laughs> the story is Draymond Green kicks Steven Adams in the, in the nuts yep. instead of... France, you can't get gas. <laughs> you can't even get gas. Like, you can't make any moves. So, you know, guys, I mean, this has been a, a very special, this is like that holiday edition of Family Ties when you right. watch it. This, is, this has been a very special edition of the Ozone. <laughs> the black I family just, adopts two white kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't find one good clipper in this house <laughs> to cut these coupons. <laughs> now go to your room. No good clippers. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, uh, you know, I really appreciate you guys coming over from Dirty yeah, it's Sports. Been awesome, Andy, you're great. Tell the people where they can Thanks find for having you. Us. Uh, at Andy Ruther on Twitter. And you guys, uh, you guys really support these guys. They're cool guys. They're very knowledgeable. You guys, you guys went deep with me, which I appreciate. Joe, tell them where to find you. I'm at Fix Your Life on Twitter, and obviously, we're at the Dirty Sports is our podcast. If you like this, you could listen to the same thing again a second time because you guys were our guest on a right. very special episode of Dirty Sports where we adopted two black brothers. <laughs> See yeah, that? So, yeah. Well, all right, brother. Check us out. So, wrapping it up here on the Ozone, I, I feel good about the session. T, you brought great up some session. great points, icons, good work. I'm going to leave with a quote like I always do. I'm going to go with, uh, with, with the big megachurch minister, Joel Osteen, down in Houston. And, and Joel had to say, if you cannot be positive, then at least be quiet. And it's true, and it kind of fits with the theme of what we're talking about in general. Guys, pick up the positivity out there, help each other out, and be brothers. Ozone, we're out of here. Peace. Ozone.